Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of Monday Motivation. Hi everyone, this is Rabbi Garfinkel of Project 613 here in Chicago with a live studio audience. A little late on that live studio audience. All right, but we're good. You know, I had a little bit of a question if we should do that festive beginning like we always do to Monday Motivation, considering the very tragic, heart-wrenching, unfathomable tragedy that we have been living with as a Jewish people for the last week plus when savages and calling these enemies, savages, is generous, uh, entered Israel and have killed to date over 1,400 Israelis, 1,400 Jews, injured over 3,000, and have captured between 150 and 200. If anyone has any slight Jewish pulse, they have heard of what is occurred this past week, and it was, it was all of last week. It was just, it was, everyone was winded, was devastated, and, and just in shock about the worst pogrom since the Holocaust. There's no other way to describe it as a pogrom. A pogrom is when people come to kill Jews. A war, a battle, is when two armies fight each other. This was a pogrom. There was no military strategy here to advance a military campaign. The goal was to kill and maim and destroy as many men, women, and children as possible. And they did a fantastic job, sadly. And there's a lot of things that we need to cover tonight. And a lot of ideas that are so crucial. But I want to start with a story from the Holocaust because this incident is on that, harkens back to that level that even with a state and even with an army and, and warplanes and missiles and technology and Iron Dome, somehow, somehow we were relegated as sheep to the slaughter. And there was a story of two men who were davening, they were praying, obviously hidden, shacharis in the morning, and they finished the prayers, and one of the men was still davening. And his friend turned to him, he says, you know, shacharis, the morning prayer is over, what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing? He says, I'm thanking Hashem. He says, you're thanking God? We're here in the concentration camp, you're thanking God? says, yes, I'm thanking God. Why are you thanking God? His friend asked. I'm thanking God that we are not them. That we are not like them, like those Nazis. And I want to begin this podcast with praise and thanks to the Almighty that the Jewish people have been through so much since our receiving the Torah at Mount Sinai 3,335 years ago. And we are not them. And we will never be them. We will never be horrific, awful, violent beasts yearning to kill and to maim the innocent. 
We have to be thankful to Hashem that He has given us a moral code and a moral compass. And for this moral compass, we have gone through fire and water. We have been killed and maimed and tortured for thousands of years. But we have that moral compass and we are the moral beacon that shines that to the world. And that's why we've been the most wanted nation in the past several millennium of all of human history. Who has been around but us? And always the object of scorn. Why? Because we have got the goods. We are the moral barometers for the entire world. And people don't like that we automatically, by nature of us being the chosen people, of us having the Torah, and of us demonstrating a meaningful, purposeful life, that that obligates them to a higher level. And so we have a target on our backs for the past several thousand years. But thank God, thank you Hashem, we are not them. We are the people of the book. We are the people of the morality. We're the people of the Ten Commandments. We're the people of the Shabbos. We're the people of keeping kosher. We're the people of love your neighbor as yourself. When the Romans and the Greeks were decapitating people in the Colosseums around the world, we just finished an NFL Sunday. Why are they playing with a football and not decapitating each other, throwing each other the lines? Because we taught the world, thou shalt not murder. That was our gift to the world. And so we begin our Monday Motivation podcast with a prayer of thanks to Hashem, to God. Thank you, Hashem, that we are not them. We are not like them. So Saturday morning, last Saturday morning, two Saturday mornings ago, we were in our synagogue and we had just finished the Shachris prayer, the morning prayer. And we were about to begin Hallel, which is a special uh, prayer, series of psalms that we say on happy days, on holidays. Rosh Chodesh, the first day of the month, and on holidays. And it was Simchas Torah, it was Shemini Yetzirah, actually, and Shabbos. And we were about to say it. The rabbi, Rabbi Moshe Katz Shlita, gets up and he gives a loud clap, a loud slap on the Bima, and he announces that there has been a cataclysmic terror attack in Israel with over 100 Jews killed. Now, this was the initial reports. We were getting it from security guards. It went around through the security services, which obviously whenever there's an attack in Israel, there's a, there's a fear of copycat attacks in America. And so, therefore, these, all of the synagogues were notified my wife and I lived in Israel when the bus bombing attacks of 2002 through 2004 were happening, and never were there over 100 people killed at a time. Never. Never. And we started, and, and it was basically Saturday morning, and we were not able to get back on our phones or computers until Sunday night. It's almost two full days, and as reports trickled in, 200, 300, 600, and now over 1,400 and still counting as they identify the missing and the bodies. And, and what do you do? And I feel that the response that the rabbi gave at that moment was so Jewish because life is nuanced. And what we did was at that moment, we stopped 
the service, we said two emergency Tehillim chapters of Psalms. We focused on the, the pain of our brothers and sisters. And then we went right back to Davin to pray Hallel, thanking God. And not only that, we continued throughout and danced Simcha's Torah because the Jewish people don't give up. If every time a tragic event happened, we would stop our mission on this world, we would have stopped thousands of years ago. And so I, th- I thought that was so impressive of who we are as a Jewish people, not only with our moral barometer, but with our ability to hold two conflicting ideas and emotions simultaneously. Okay, and as we, we finished the holiday and heard of the absolutely horrific news, it, it's just absolutely overwhelming. So I want to start, continue the next point with uh, something I've said here before. And it's a cute little phrase, but I think we need to appreciate where this tragedy fits into the global, the overall scope of the Jewish people. We have been around as a people, as I said earlier, 3,335 years since Mount Sinai, all the way up to 3,800 years since Avraham and Sarah our original patriarchs and matriarchs who roamed planet Earth. And we have faced many, many losses. But folks, we have faced Pharaoh. We have faced the Babylonians. We have faced the Persians and the Medians. We have faced the Greeks. We have faced the Romans. We have faced the Gauls and the Visigoths who, yeah, Visigoths, look it up, Visigoths in Spain. Horrific. And we faced the Catholic Church. And we faced all sorts of anti-Semitism around the world. Crusades. Inquisitions. And beyond. And persecution. You think the yellow badge was something the Nazis thought of? Anti-Semites are very uncreative. They have ten plays in their playbook. And they keep repeating them over and over again. Vilify them. Call them names. You think Julius, Sturmer, uh, Julius Streicher in Der Sturmer was, was, was unique in characterizing the Jews as parasites, as other? It's the classic playbook. Pharaoh in Egypt said, oh, these guys are going to join the enemies. There wasn't even a war then. Oh, but if there's a war, they're going to be our enemies. And they start saying Lashon Hara about us, start saying slander about us and make us other and extra and even parasitic. And at that point, once you've labeled someone as a cancerous cell, then you have every right to destroy them. Do you think Pharaoh thought what he was doing was wrong? Do you think Hitler and the Nazis thought, oh, wow, I'm doing such a sin right now? No, they thought they were doing a mitzvah. Why? Because they programmed the people to say the Jews are bad. And that's exactly what's happening now. And so throughout history, We have seen them all, we have stood up to them all, and we've taken a lot of licks, but we are here and they are not. And so when you're listening to my words right now, should thank the Almighty and see this brutal attack in the large scope of 3,335 years that we are the energizer bunny of history. 
We, they try to kill us. They try to stop us. We will continue. Nothing will stop us. Nothing will stop us. We are the Jewish people, and we are Jewish people forever. And I have to tell you, one of the great poignant uh, events that happened post-attack, and it actually felt very good to have uh, support of the governments around the world, at least for a week. We'll see how long it lasts. The White House is lit up in blue and white, and other governments lit up their capitals in blue and white. But there was one episode of lighting uh, structure up blue and white that blew me away, and I had not heard about it. Rabbi Katz, I'm sure I'd said it, spoke about it this past Shabbos, which was unbelievable, that in Rome that Titus's arch was lit up blue and white. And I talked about Titus's arch in a previous podcast. But what was Titus's arch? It has the picture of the Roman soldiers taking the vessels from the second temple and coming back and celebrating the victory of the end of the Jews. The Romans had finished off the Jews once and for all and destroyed their temple. And now the Romans are gone. The Italians who are eating pasta there have nothing to do with the Romans, the ancient Romans. Even if biologically there might be descendants, the culture, it's not the Romans. And that arc, arch, which was designed to symbolize the death of the Jewish people, was lit up in blue and white. Symbolic of the Israeli flag, which is based on a talus. If people realize the stripes is based off the talus, the Jewish prayer garment. Unbelievable. How much more could we see clearly? Am Yisrochai, the Jewish people, lives forever. A next point that I think is very, very important is how we react to this attack. Jewish people have had every reason and right to throw ourselves a pity party many, many times to go to the woe is me I deserve, I'm entitled to things because I've been such a victim. And the Jewish people have never played the victim card once. We take our licks, we, we take our beatings, and it makes us stronger. And not we don't look out to blame other people. We say, what did we do to deserve this? How can I improve myself? Everything is an opportunity to take responsibility and not to push responsibility off. Just the opposite of our enemies who clamor and yearn to be the biggest victims in the world. Because you know what happens when you're a victim? Everything's justified. Now next week I hope to discuss what our response should be on a possibly political level in terms of some of the arguments. It's very important that we know them. But do you just to hear what they're saying? They're saying, oh, colonization, to overthrow colonization, it's really painful. Once you're a victim, you can justify babies' heads being cut off. You can justify innocent being, people being shot at point-blank range. You can justify anything. You, When you're a victim, you lose your moral code. And the Jewish people have never, ever thrown themselves a pity party. And we don't plan on starting now. And so, I would like to say a couple more things about how proud 
we are to we should be to be Jewish and then to talk about what our spiritual response should be so what was our response why should we be proud to be Jewish and I'll just give you some a drop in the bucket of the examples of what the Jewish people did and how we responded so that Sunday night when we finished Simchas Torah, within an hour and a half, the Chicago community had organized a Tehillim rally, a prayer rally. Thousands of people showed up. The traffic people didn't know what was going on. There were cars a few miles backed up trying to get to the largest hall that we have here at Teres Ayala in our community. Thousands came out on the drop of a house of a hat the learning of torah has increased incredibly the schools have taken on projects and my daughters talk about all the chesed the kindness projects and the tehillim again tehillim are psalms and all the prayers and the extra tzedakah that they're giving the kindness it's unbelievable there was a project by bone olam to add minutes of shabbos early meaning to take in shabbos early they wanted the jewish people to take on fifty thousand extra minutes it ended up with a hundred and nine thousand eight hundred and forty five minutes of people's bringing in shabbos early to say that i'm not going to fall away from my jewish observance i'm going to double down avi Meyer, meyer the editor-in-chief of the jerusalem post he tweeted he xed he zeded i don't know how you say that now he and this is this went viral that an anonymous Haredi man, Haredi, that's the black hat guy, okay? The one that the New York Times has spent the last year making fun of, okay? With the long payas and the black coat and the one that everyone makes fun of, okay? He was standing by the LL ticket counter and he bought 250 plane tickets for Israeli reserve soldiers to return to fight in the battle. He says, I can't be on the physical front lines, but at least I can pay for it. 250 plane tickets. The version of the story that I heard is that it got late. He left his credit card there. He just said, keep charging it. When these soldiers got to Ben Gurion Airport, they were received with dancing crowds, singing, welcoming home. It was the most festive, unbelievable thing. The Jewish boys and girls are coming home to fight for their country. And one of our Project 613 participants, I can't mention his name, all security, we daven for him, we pray for him. He is back in uniform in his Golani Brigade, and we don't know where he is, but we daven for him. The Israeli... Reservists had a 150% response to the call-up. That means that one and a half times the amount of people were expected to come came. And that's why there are fundraisers now for uh, equipment because the Israeli army just couldn't produce that much that quickly. There are non-kosher restaurants in Tel Aviv that have not served a kosher meal in their existence, that have been, that are koshering themselves, koshering themselves in order to provide kosher food for Israeli soldiers because many of them keep kosher. And the law of the IDF is that the food that's served must be kosher. 
You have Satmar Hasidim, who are anti-Zionists, for, for another podcast, who are tying tzitzis for soldiers to distribute free tzitzis. My own daughter, Adina, is in Israel, and her seminary put together the, not the tzitzis part of it, but the actual clothing part of the tzitzis. You have soldiers putting on tefillin, bringing Torahs to the front. There's rallies around the world. There was an Israeli soldier. His clip went viral. I don't know who he is. Arki, unbelievable. That he that he said, we're going into battle tonight. We're not going to be able to daven, to pray. He says, if you're in a shul, in a synagogue that normally doesn't sing, I want you to sing. And if you're in a synagogue that on Friday night you sing, but you don't dance, I want you to sing and dance. And if you normally sing and dance, I want you to sing and dance twice as much as you normally would. Do it for us because we won't be able to. And the Jewish people around the world responded, feel so proud to be Jewish. This is how we, we respond. This is who we are. You bring a challenge to the Jewish people, we step up. And I'm very proud to say that Project 613 has stepped up as well. Because we fight evil with light. We don't fight for the sake of fighting. We fight for the sake of goodness. And therefore, we launched a mitzvah campaign called Ignite the light. Hashtag ignite the light. And at this point, we have over 30 people who have signed up for a mitzvah. And there's a whole bunch of mitzvahs there. And some of them take 15 seconds a day. Moda'ani, thanking God for giving our souls back in the morning. Others for tefillin, others for other types of prayer, for acts of kindness, for you name it for praying for other specific Jewish soldiers of the IDF. And so I encourage you now, as we finish this part one of our response to this tragedy, to go to project613.com slash ignite the light. Project613.com slash Ignite the Light and sign up. Pick one mitzvah. I asked everyone, just pick one and everyone's picking six or seven. Pick one. You pick a couple, fine. But focus on it. And if people need resources, if you need Shabbos candles, we're committed to giving you Shabbos candles. If you need tefillin, we're committed to giving you tefillin. A free mezuzah. We're stepping up because we want you to step up. We want the entire Jewish people to step up and this program this ignite the light initiative is not just for secular jews it's for jews of all the spectrum i've had even rabbis sign up for this to say that you know what i can say that prayer better he said rabbi i know this might be for your participants who may not be observant but i want in and i said no this initiative is for everyone this is for all of us and so as we conclude this first part of our response to this tragedy, we should feel proud to be Jewish. We should step up, use this moment of inspiration, use this moment of need, because who knows what the rest of this week is going to hold for us, as most likely our Jewish soldiers will be entering Gaza itself to ignite the light, to use this opportunity to become better Jews, 
to say that they will never win the forces of darkness and evil. You picked on the wrong people, buddy. You picked on the wrong people. Because I'm Israel Chai. Hashem has given us a guarantee that we are an eternal nation. The only question is, who will be members of that nation? You have an opportunity. Grasp it. Step up and ignite the light. God bless. And we'll see you, God willing, back here next week for another exciting edition of Monday Motivation.